those who are culturally sophisticated may notice that the title of today's message has echoes to a film masterpiece released about a decade ago. That's just me being silly. My last day, going rogue. But the message itself reflects on humanity's ongoing and misguided search for external validation and how trusting in God offers us rest from that search. It's been a busy past few months. There have been many changes. Two congregations no longer exist. And one which didn't exist last month now does. There's lots of new stuff to get used to. For some, a new minister. For some, a new music director. For some, a change of location, which almost certainly won't be the last change of location. For everyone, there have been changes in worship times, change in musical emphasis, even slightly, changes in composition of the session, changes in this, changes in that. Too many meetings to keep track of. We've been busy in physical terms, busy in mental terms, and busy in spiritual terms with so many things as potential distractions. And now, pretty soon, this new enterprise called Prairie Presbyterian Church will come to the hardest part of all. Bet you didn't expect that comment, did you? I mean, really, haven't we already done all the hard stuff? Haven't we met and studied and scouted and prayed and planned and presented and voted? Haven't we already, each of us in our own ways, decided to give up parts of the way things were before? Haven't we already done all of the hard work to make this new church take off? And aren't we now just about ready to, to sit back and watch as this whole new thing takes flight? Just as soon, in fact, just as soon as we take care of saying goodbye to the departing minister, because we know that the music director is actually going to more or less stay. So just as long as we say goodbye to the departing minister, aren't we then able to relax and kind of enjoy things for a bit? Starting next week, in fact. Isn't next week going to be the first real week of this new Prairie Presbyterian Church? 
And everyone who's still a bit tentative and maybe a bit flustered about all the changes that we've had to go through, after maybe a little bit more fumbling with the envelope thing, but essentially, after that, aren't we all ready to put up our feet and let out a great big whoo? And yet here's this guy standing up there one last time talking about how we have not yet come to the hardest part of things. Okay, so what is this so-called next hardest part? Well, because it is my final Sunday and because I have decided to go rogue in my radical Presbyterian way, <laughs> I've decided to throw out the lectionary readings for this week. Instead, I wanted to share with you one of my favorite stories from one of my favorite books of the Bible. It's one of my favorites because it's so ancient, and yet at the very same time, perfectly contemporary. Now, most folks, even most Christian folks, or at least many Christian, non-Christian folks, know the basic stories from the book of Exodus. The Israelites are oppressed as slaves in Egypt. They cry out to God to change things for them. Moses goes in and tells Pharaoh to let my people go. Pharaoh says, no, this leads to ten plagues. And then there's a Passover, the Israelites absconding out into the desert. Those are all well-known stories. Many also know what happens next, that Pharaoh regretted letting the Israelites go, and he decided to go and chase them down. And then, trapped between murderous chariot-born archers and the edge of the sea, they pull off what is probably one of the greatest single escape stories ever told. That's pretty good stuff. But it may surprise people that all of that is actually only 15 out of the 40 chapters in the book of Exodus. 25 others are not yet included in that. Okay, so the Israelites have just escaped from Pharaoh by crossing through the middle of the sea, and after all of that racing around, and all of that anxiety, and all of that high drama, they're finally ready for some payoff. In their case, the promised land. That payoff is what makes all of that previous anxiety and effort worth it, right? But instead of a promised land stretching out before them, all they see is endless 
and quite probably almost trackless desert. And that's where we pick up the readings for this morning. After all of that frantic sequence of great and exciting events that everyone knows and everyone remembers, chapter 16 comes along and slams on the brakes. It says that the Israelites moved slowly through the desert. And after a while, they complained that their diet was boring. So in chapter 16, God fixes that with manna and quail. And how do they respond? What's the response to that? Well, they turn around in the very next chapter and they complain some more. This time about water. In chapter 17, it says they journeyed by stages through the wilderness and they camped at a place called Rephidim where there was an inadequate water supply. And not surprisingly, the people grumbled. Keep in mind, only a very few chapters before this, these are the exact same people who were profoundly and deeply unhappy while they were in Egypt. Rightly so, they were slaves. They begged God to change things for them. And now, here they are, only a very short time later, complaining to Moses. Why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us with thirst? And it's pretty easy for us to look back over 3,000 years ago and look down on those ingrates whiners. But the truth is that human nature really hasn't changed much. People start out wanting something better than they have now, and they might even be willing to undergo some exertion and effort, some, some level of discomfort and upheaval in order to get that better thing. But after that's all over, we expect to reap a reward. The fruits of our labor, so to speak. We want to enjoy a payoff. In short, we expect to see the promised land stretching out before us. But much of the time, there is no promised land. At least not one that's ready to be handed to us for us to take possession of. And furthermore, very, very rarely is it one that's even measurable in terms of tangible blessings. In fact, a lot of the time, our only reward is more travel through more desert. Which seems like a big ripoff. Whether collectively as a church or individually in each of our personal lives, talking about following God is okay, 
But after times when a lot has been required of us, when there's been a lot more effort and hassle required than just continuing to go with the flow, we kind of expect to get some payoff for that God stuff. It took the Israelites a long time to figure it out. But the reward doesn't come in the form of a payoff. The reward comes from following God. It's a classic case of the means actually being the end. Or in more common phrasing, it's not about getting there. It's about the journey on the way there. For this church, the busy part of this amalgamation might be done. But the hard part is just beginning. Because the real challenge is to continue to go forward in the full trust that God is with you. If it was up to us alone, I think the Christian church wouldn't have gotten very far at all. We would have concentrated on building fancy churches and elaborate institutional hierarchies, all kinds of stuff that's essentially beside the point. Tangible, visible payoffs. That's what we would have concentrated on. Our versions of the promised land. And even though some of this has happened throughout the history of the church, we certainly can't deny that it has. But even though some of it has happened, there have always been enough people who remembered that the real point of all of this is to focus on the ongoing journey with God. And if it is up to us alone, I don't think Prairie Church will get very far either. But by placing our faith in the sure and certain knowledge that God is with us, that's all that anyone has ever needed. Sure, there will be some rough spots coming in the days and weeks ahead. That's almost a given. And yes, because human nature has not changed in the 3,200 years since the Israelites were wandering and complaining in the desert, we expect that there will be complaining and resistance to change in this congregation as well. It's not because people are bad. It's because they're people. But in the end, it is the knowledge that God walks with us that will give the people of Prairie Church the strength to continue this journey. 
It seems like a long time ago that I came to this church, St. Andrews that is, and now I will end this pastorate with words that are actually very similar to those used near the beginning of my time. When I warned people that this would probably be a bumpy ride, people of God know that the difficulties we face in life produces endurance. And endurance produces character. And character allows us to focus not on the difficulties, but on hope. And know that Christian hope will be fulfilled because our lives are founded on the knowledge that all things work for good for those who walk with God. Amen.